I was grateful to Erica for taking the time for an Orange Socks interview about her daughter, Erilyn. During a six-month prenatal checkup, Erilyn was diagnosed with microcephaly. The medical professionals pressured Erica to abort Erilyn, predicting dire outcomes. Despite those warnings, Erica chose to have Erilyn. And while she does have microcephaly, she was nothing like predicted. She is now a beautiful, sweet, and delightful eight-year-old who brings great joy to Erica and all those she associates with. So Erica, when did you find out that Erilyn had microcephaly? I was six months pregnant when we found out that Erilyn was going to have microcephaly, and I remember that day so perfectly. It was supposed to be a super exciting appointment for us. It was the one where it's like the 3D sonogram, so you can kind of see like the profile and get a really good picture at the baby. And so we were really excited when in that day, looking forward to it, and then we were getting the sonogram done, and she was kind of taking longer than normal. So we were kind of like, um, okay, you know, something's going on. She was gone for a long time, it seemed like forever. And then we finally went to the like exam room waiting for our doctor to come in, took like another 30 minutes, which was kind of unusual. So when she walked in, the look that she had on her face was something that I would never forget. She was just, she looked scared, which terrified me. You know, I was 15 years old when I was pregnant with Erilyn. And my mom was with me and so was um, Erilyn's dad. So automatically we knew, you know, something was wrong. And she just explained to us that Erilyn's head and brain was measuring smaller than normal through sonogram. And that um, it was something called microcephaly, which was obviously something we'd never heard of. And she pretty much explained to us just pretty flat out that I had the option to abort my pregnancy. It was already six months. And um, if I wanted to, she could uh, refer us to a specialist in San Antonio the very next day. So, I mean, she gave us a second. She just gave us with those options and walked out. So we, you know, talked about it. Of course, I busted out in tears and just couldn't believe that something like that, you know, you never think that would happen to you until it does. And so we figured out, you know, let's go to San Antonio and see what she has to say. And that was that. We went to San Antonio the next day and sure enough, they did another sonogram and explained to us about microcephaly and just explained that it was um, her brain and head were measuring smaller than normal and it was going to cause her to be mentally delayed and they thought that she would be pretty much like a vegetable if she even lived past birth. She would never be able to walk or talk or do anything on her own. And they even told us that, they showed it my mom and her dad a picture of a baby that had like really bad deformities on the face. And they said, this is what your baby's gonna look like, you know, just like nothing. And my mom didn't even let me look at the picture. She said it was so terrible, but um, they said, this is what your baby will look like if you do continue to go through the pregnancy. So they just left us with that. And, you know, we came back home and just talked all our options out, which wasn't very hard. I mean, we knew we wanted to go on with the pregnancy. It's just all the things that were to come. I just wasn't sure, you know, what to even think about it. We were so young. It seems like that they put a lot of pressure on you to, to abort her, even at six months. Yes, they did. And it's just something that I kept saying was, you know, I'm already this far along. I can feel her moving every single day. I couldn't imagine just getting rid of her, you know, just like nothing. And you know, what if, there's always that what if. I couldn't imagine getting rid of her. And what if she comes out perfectly fine, you know, just not even giving her that chance to show us what she's capable of doing. Right, obviously you had her. And, and uh, what was that like? Uh, described when, when she was born. 
That day was so nerve-wracking. We had so many friends and family there. I had to have her um, be a C-section, of course. So we were very nervous, and when I went back, I just remember praying the whole entire time, through the whole thing, just praying and praying and hoping that everything would come out okay. And as soon as, um, I wanted a bald baby. <laughs> I was like, I want her to be bald. I don't want her to have hair. And um, I just remember them pulling her out and saying, she has a head full of hair. She has a lot of hair. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just saw her face and saw everything was perfect you know she looked perfect she had the cutest little nose and everything was normal and they just took her out and after that I honestly don't remember anything I was like on medication and I fell asleep for hours and I just remember waking up constantly to like different people in the recovery room and I'm like what are y'all doing just watching me sleep but they were like everything's okay you know don't worry she's fine and she's perfect so isn't that great? Um, what have been some of the challenges that uh, you have experienced so far uh, with her? I would say, you know, the delays that she does have. Um, she's nonverbal and she isn't potty trained. Um, How she, old is she now? She's eight years old. Okay. And um, I still pretty much have to do everything for her. You know, I still have to bathe her, I have to feed her, change her, everything. So um, I would say that is a challenge, having to deal with the um, everything like that. And I mean... I feel like the emotions that come along with it and I feel like every other day I say that I'm a hot mess like my emotions are everywhere all the time and sometimes just thinking ahead is what gets me um, overwhelms me thinking of like her future and you know I don't know where she's gonna be at this time you know I can't say oh she's gonna be doing this because I don't know um, God willing she will be um, you know moving forward with everything and um, but yeah I would just say the challenges are just having to deal with them the emotions that come along with being a parent of a special needs child and just the days when I have like no energy <laughs> and I know I have to, you know, feed her, I have to bathe her and do everything, especially when she's not very um, helpful. <laughs> so I would say those are the, the challenges. So um, what is a typical day like for you? A typical day, right now I am um, working as a part-time waitress, so, which I haven't always, but um, Erilyn goes to school, she goes full, you know, the full day, which she absolutely loves. She loves being around other kids. And she does attend physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and food school therapy. So we have a pretty full week um, besides school. She has appointments every, you know, throughout the whole week. And then she also does see specialists like neurology, genetics, but that's just like occasionally, you know, we have to travel out of town and stuff, which we're totally fine with because the doctors we, and the therapists we work with are amazing and we're so thankful for them. But other than that, she, we like to just hang out and she loves watching her movies and <laughs> snacking on all kinds of junk food that she probably shouldn't have. <laughs> no, but, um, Pretty much our full day. Wonderful. What are the joys? Just everything. Um, she's so amazing. Every day, I could be, you know, having the hardest day and just in the feel like the worst mood or just anything. And she comes up to me and she's always giving kisses. It's like her favorite thing to do. She'll come up to me and like give me a kiss and just smile at me and look at me in the eyes. And that's enough for me to, you know, snap out of it and realize like how blessed we are. And she's just such a joy to have in our lives. And I feel everyone who comes across Erilyn is just so touched by her and they think she's just the sweetest thing. She definitely is. You know, that, that leads me to the next question is, how, what kind of impact has she made on your family, your, your extended family? I feel like we're all motivated by Erilyn. Um, she makes us all want to be, you know, the best that we can be, just to um, appreciate everything, you know? Um, not to take things for granted, especially life, which sometimes, you know, is hard for us, which we do um, do at times, but um, 
she's just such a joy to have and we couldn't imagine our lives without her any other any other way you know this is our life and we love it and we wouldn't change it for anything so if i were to come to you for advice and i were to to say you know what we just received a diagnosis that our baby had microcephaly in, in utero what advice would you give me to have hope to have faith more than anything i mean even when you want to question god and i know other people have you know their own beliefs which i respect that but um my opinion what you know what i did was just i left everything in his hands and my favorite thing to say is that i know he would never put us through anything that we couldn't handle you know this was meant to happen you know she was meant to be put in our lives and i would just tell them to keep their faith and to know that they're not alone that's the number one thing you know when we found out i didn't know anybody or any other families and that's really helped is like reaching out to other families you know I feel like I've known them forever and I've never even met some of them, you know, in person, most of them. So just to know they're not alone, that there's always hope out there. There's a lot of different, you know, resources and programs for them. And just to have faith in your baby and to, to know that, you know, in God's will, they will do everything in, you know, His time. Any regrets? No, none. <laughs> That's great. None. Thank you.